listeners, we have a new partner to bring you even more laughs. Cottage Comedy Digital brings you the very best in comedy specials, albums, podcasts, and original series. Check out cottagecomedy.com for all their hilarious content. Welcome to Moms Are Not Funny, the podcast where we, two wannabe comics, interview comedians about the moms that influence them and their sense of humor. We will also chat about their favorite mom comedians and the impact they've had in the comedy world. I'm Jen Richardson. And I'm Christine Hall. Okay, here we go. Today we have Courtney Gilmore with us. She's a comedian you may have seen on Just for Laughs and Kevin Hart's Laugh Out Loud Network. She recently was on the season premiere of CBC's Humor Resources with John Doerr alongside Sarah Silverman and Dave Merhash, which is now available. (laughs) It is so cool. And it is now available to stream on CBC Gem. So thanks for being with us, Courtney. Thank you so much for having me. Maybe yeah, we'll, this is awesome. It's so awesome. <laughs> maybe today we'll start with, um, maybe talk to us about humor resources. Um, sure. What it's about and what it was like working with those guys. Yeah, I mean, it was really fun because I, um, I hadn't been doing a whole lot in quarantine, which is when we filmed um, the episode. So it's a new show on CBC. It's about... Um, John Doerr, hilarious comedian. Um, his role, his character is like um, a former comedian, now HR manager. And uh, his job is to interview, have like a kind of an internal review with various comedians and ask them like what their material is about and how they can improve it to be uh, more like appropriate or politically correct. But then it obviously, because John Doerr just goes off the rails and he's... <laughs> silly and and wacky but um but yeah it was fun because i uh i filmed it in the beginning of the pandemic sort of and um i didn't know if i was gonna get work again (laughs) so i was just (laughs) i was just happy to have you know they they all did it very like um the set was my apartment which was very convenient because i didn't have to go anywhere and um they just had a camera up like masked come to my house and just like set everything up and my so cat you had to wear pants i had i did have to wear unfortunately i did have to wear <laughs> pants like i you know i was trying to negotiate that in my contract but um they weren't having it and uh but yeah it was a good little it was a nice little project to work on in the pandemic and it was a really fun show my episode stars um Windsor born Dave Mahesh and um and Sarah Silverman who I I never actually got to directly meet but I'm just happy to have my name in the same episode as her no <laughs> so, doubt <laughs> so yeah but it's yeah. really fun that's yeah. super cool how long yeah. have you been doing comedy oh man it's almost 10 years now it's been what? a while yeah I mean I don't know if this I don't know if this past year counts as nothing or 10 years in itself um, <laughs> so like 20 years yeah I've been, I've been 20 years now yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah it's been a it's been a long time I first started my my very first set was like 2000 like seven or eight yeah oh, wow in Windsor too no way yeah yeah the Windsor um, scene. The Windsor scene. There was, I mean, I'm so happy to hear um, that there is a scene now because there definitely was not when I was living there, which is forever ago. But like, you know, you had like Rob Mayu, who I know you've had yes. on the podcast before, and Dave Merhej, Um, They had already left and um, there was really like, um, there were open mics where people would read 
like slam poetry and stuff and, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> and i went to them and i was like yeah. i don't know if it's still a big deal there but because there were so many uh like spoken word artists in detroit uh they would come over and they would ha- and they would go to fog and they would do like um which is a bar there and they would do mm-hmm. like open mic poetry readings and i would just try and go up there and try and tell jokes and um yeah <laughs> did people did people snap when you were yeah, they told me that, yeah, <laughs> there was snapping i never thought that was a real thing i thought it was just like in the movies when they had poetry readings and they would do the snapping that's real they do that okay i didn't know that i've never seen it so yeah. i would have been totally freaked out i know it's very i've been uh, like yeah. do you want me to hurry up what do you want i know <laughs> I suddenly have an impulse to go get you a coffee or something yeah. <laughs> i'm late with your order yeah yeah (laughs) that's hilarious it's still sort of the same like we do have like me and jen go to craft heads which is the open mic yeah but there's still like cafes and stuff like i've i've cut in onto music open mics (laughs) okay it's just like been like i'm doing five minutes get out of the way (laughs) i mean you might as well because an open mic is an open mic you know as long as there's a microphone there i think so yeah it's it's a nice break too totally i think so there's a nice little community of like wannabe comedians too that like yeah. you know support each other and put on various like their own shows yes. and that kind of stuff so mm-hmm. it's yeah. uh like I only moved back to Windsor a year and a half ago so it's okay. been it's been nice like nice. it's fun yeah that's great very cool yeah. yes so <laughs> maybe what we'll do is start with like a mom that has influenced uh, your comedy or okay just your life <laughs> sure so it's so funny how in do it in like preparing for this podcast which i am very type a and i prepared like i was doing homework <laughs> and i made like a google doc and <laughs> beautiful <laughs> i'm not kidding i did and because i was like i have to, i don't know anytime i'm given a theme or something to like work with i'm like i have to get it it's like the failed student in me needs to like compensate <laughs> for for work I didn't do in my school years um but I was thinking like I I'm not like my mom is very funny so on a personal level um I suppose I have been peripherally influenced by her in a in a way but not so overt that like I mean, I think when people see my comedy, like I have so much about my dad in there that it's, it's sometimes it's easy for me to forget that like my mom is also influential, um, but just in a very different way. Like I have jokes specifically about my dad and like quoting him and things he says, but my mom <laughs> is like just a different humor. And so, I mean, primarily she was influential just in the sense that she's a career woman. And even though her career path is vastly different from mine, um, she's a she's a, a realtor. But uh, like she's she was um, very inspiring in the sense that she had a lot of drive and ambition mm-hmm. to do whatever she wanted. And I think that was really cool for me to see. Um and kind of gave me permission to think outside the box career-wise. Because mm-hmm. uh, I grew up in a very conservative area and family where, you know, a lot of people got married young and were just, you know, they either stayed at home or, which, you know, that's fine. But I knew at a young age I didn't want to do that. So I think seeing my mom branch out and be like a working woman yes. was uh, very influential in me just being able to do whatever I wanted to do. 
that's a high paced job. Like yeah, they're always totally. on weekends, whatever. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All the time. And um, and she's very good at, at what she does. And so I think that was very influential for me. But we're very different people. Like <laughs> our sense of humor is so she's more like accidentally funny but all the time (laughs) that's my husband yeah really yeah like she's not she's actually very rarely trying to be it's funny she's rarely trying to be funny but when she does try to be funny she's never funny Um, like when she tells jokes (laughs) like when she tries to tell structured jokes those always bomb constantly (laughs) but she's just like funny on her own like she'll say things that are just like completely out of nowhere my dad and I like to make fun of the fact that she she's got some kind of internal monologue that goes on in her head all the time and then she just sort of assumes that everyone <laughs> that okay, everyone that's hilarious yeah. yeah I'm I am a hundred percent the exact same way really? like, and people will be like that's so random I'm like no like because I had been thinking it like yes someone triggered something that got yes. me to that thought it's just nobody knew what the yes. trigger was yeah. exactly so, yeah so that's like a whole day with her especially if we're like if we're like on a road trip or something she'll be thinking things that I think she thinks she has been saying out loud <laughs> But she hasn't. And then she'll start talking. And so, like, an hour will pass. And all of a sudden, she'll be like, yeah, so I ran into him at Tim Hortons. And we're we're like, who? Who did you run into? And she's like, the guy. And we're like, what guy? And she's like, you know. And and we're like, we're not inside your head. We don't know what you're talking about. Um, But it's just, like, stuff like that. So she's very subtly funny. um, But, like, she also will just have kind of unfiltered phrases come out of her mouth and she butchers she butchers common phrases which is something i've adapted in my life as well i'm really bad at like (laughs) regurgitating cliche phrases that are supposed to be encouraging like i i butcher them i don't know how to say them um but um yeah i would say that she influenced me in a very different way than my dad has and uh she's very funny to observe um it's it's more like indirect indirect type of humor that she has I love it, though. Yeah. Was she supportive of you wanting to do comedy? Yeah. I mean, so she's she has been always supportive, but I think in a little bit um, kind of cautiously at first for a number of years because it is a very unpredictable mm-hmm. industry. And anyone who just kind of says, I want to be a comedian or I want to be an actor, you know, she had no foresight of what that would include. She didn't know that I was going to, you know, end up doing just for laughs or, or, or yeah. she didn't know I was going to be performing with slam poets in Windsor one day. And <laughs> <laughs> How could she know the kind of success I would see? Um, <laughs> but like, you know, I think money is like a, a an obvious um, concern that parents right. have. Like, how are you going to make this work? What are you going to do? Why, why were you in, uh, at university for so long if, you, if, if you're going to do this? Um, so, yeah. So there is like some some apprehension there, but always supportive. I think she's always trusted my instincts and my intuition. And um, yeah, so there was a lot of support there early on. And then the more time passed and the more stuff I, I ended up accumulating to my repertoire, she started to feel more yeah, and more comfortable. They're going to be okay. They just want you to be okay, right? They want me to be okay. And I also like I'm so selective in what I invite them to for a number of reasons. <laughs> like I like they're very 
my family is very conservative and religious but also yeah so there's there's some shows i'm like no you can't absolutely cannot (laughs) come to this show there's no way like i would i would die but um other times uh i like i start i only really started inviting them to shows when they got big so like the few shows they've seen me at have have happened to be like big gala theater shows at just for laughs in montreal and so there'd be like thousands of people there or whatever and so i think that they think that that's just what my life is all the time every day <laughs> like they, they don't see the dark dingy basements or anything or like the drunk hecklers they just assume that my life is just like strutting on stage with spotlights and music and like thousands of people and so <laughs> i curate it very specifically so that they think that but um I don't know. I think it's just better for them. So that yeah. So examples of that is like how they feel more comfortable knowing that I'm gonna be okay in this career. I think. Yes, they have to like. I've watched some of your performances, the videos, and I've yeah. been like, they've got to feel like you're so <laughs> strong up there. You perform so well that it's got to be like, oh okay, okay, she's good. <laughs> oh thank you. Yeah, I hope I hope so. I hope that's their takeaway. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but it is crazy. I know my dad was like. When I told him what I was doing, he's like, so now you're a comedian? Like, I change careers every five years. I was like, in five years, I'll be homeless. (laughs) So let's just be grateful. Oh, man. My parents don't really worry about it because I work, like, I have a a good job, like, a really good day job. Right. And so they just think it's a fun habit and then get a hot or habit hobby. And then they kind of get embarrassed when I talk about blowjobs. (laughs) <laughs> sure sure yeah. that makes sense yeah I'm like do you really want me to share this with my friends yeah <laughs> yes i do yeah. <laughs> this is important to my job that you share this information yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so funny yeah. so um which uh did you grow up watching like sitcoms or yeah like, TV? so which moms like which moms did you love growing up Oh, man. Okay. Referring to the Google Doc officially. Okay. So (laughs) bullet bullet point one. Yeah. So, well, because another thing about this was like, I was thinking of like, how um, influenced have I actually been by moms because they were moms? Like when I think about um, women who have inspired me or who I looked up to, sometimes I'm like, I don't know, like, how much of that of that has to do with the fact they were like a mother figure in some cases it doesn't have to be that it's more just like they have they have kids and they inspired you okay that's that's fair okay well um a couple of them were were aunts on shows so like aunt becky from full house i really liked her yeah uh she seemed like a cool mom i mean she was a mom to the twins later in the show, yes. but she was like a mother, like a maternal figure to the girls mm-hmm. early on. And wake up, San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, wake <laughs> up, San Francisco. And she was just like, you know, she would, she would teach DJ and Steph about makeup and like let them Aww. sneak out and stuff like that. And she just seemed really cool. I mean, this is, I mean, in light of recent events, this is all just her onstage <laughs> character and not what's come to light in her mothering choices uh, in real life. But um, I liked Aunt Becky. And also, this is, I don't know, tell me if this is messed up. I also feel re- weirdly drawn to dead mothers on sitcoms, like, who you don't, <laughs> <laughs> who you don't see. Like, because even within Full House, you know, like Pam. Dan Tanner. Yeah, oh. his wife. Like, 
like you never see her but you always hear of her like legacy and her in in her influence and i always was like weirdly drawn by drawn to moms who never actually got screen time but you heard about and um so like every disney princess's mom yeah disney princess's mom for sure um yeah, and so like Pam Tanner. Oh, also I liked uh, Aunt Viv on Fresh Prince. Yes, um, which one? Both. No, the first one, the, the original. One. I mean, yeah. the second one. Look, I so <laughs> I have a podcast uh, too, and we were recently talking about um, Aunt Viv, and my podcast partner had never seen Fresh Prince before, so he watched it, and I had to mentally prepare him for the Aunt Viv transition because he didn't know about it at all. <laughs> and how the baby becomes five. Uh, yeah 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 yeah. overnight yeah yeah, totally but he was he was he loved original aunt viv so much he was devastated at the shift (laughs) and i for some reason because that show is so close to my heart i became i kind of like swooped in in defense of later aunt viv but only because i always felt bad that she had to really fill some big shoes um but I personally think that she got kind of the shit end of the stick because I think they started writing her very poorly um, mm-hmm. th- when they made the actress transition. I, I feel like they made her more of a nag um, with Uncle Phil. I think that a lot of her storyline was further removed from her career and stuff like that. And the original Aunt Viv was just like so fierce and so strong. Yeah. And like and a great dancer. A great dancer. Mm-hmm. Amazing dancer. And then she also was very vulnerable too. And just I loved her personality. And I just don't think that the second Aunt Viv was able to live up to that. And that's not no fault of her own. But uh, but yeah, originally Aunt Viv was I, I loved her. And um, oh yeah, okay. And then also, okay, two others. So this is not... Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is another weird one, but do you, did you ever watch Sailor Moon when you were growing up? <laughs> I've no. caught it. I okay. know who Sailor Moon is. I'm, I'm okay. like five years too old for Sailor okay. Moon. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Okay, so she has this... She has this, uh, there's this big, like, climactic reunion that she has with her birth mother from a past life, and her name is, her name is Queen Serenity, and she's, like, this glowing, like, fairy, she's the ruler of the moon, uh, during the silver millennium, as we all know what that is, and, uh, <laughs> and she guards the silver crystal, obviously, like, we all know this is common knowledge, and, um, no, no one knows what I'm talking about, but... <laughs> But she was so ethereal and she was such like a, I think this kind of goes hand in hand with my whole dead mother thing that I'm just in love with the idea of like this, of this woman who's like all legacy more than human, you know, because she's like, she meets this queen serenity and she's like, um, she's beautiful and she's like so protective of her and she passes down ancient wisdom and all this stuff from a past life. And it's just so like mystical and, um. Yeah, I'm really drawn to to stuff like that. Basically, like mothers who absolutely you cannot live up to in any way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> ones that ones that aren't around. Yes, <laughs> the best moms are the ones that aren't around. Yeah. That's the ideal mom. Yeah. That's the yeah. perfect mom. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think about my day to day, and I'm like, yeah, my kids are probably hoping for Sailor Moon's mom too. <laughs> yeah, Sailor Moon's mom, Queen Serenity. Yeah, that is a great name. Queen Serenity? Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What about stand-up moms? Like, stand-up comic moms? Um, Okay, so she's not a stand-up, but I am very um, influenced by Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Oh, my God. 
Yeah, so I'm going to count them as like comedy moms, even though yes. they don't do stand up. But yeah, I'm, I really um, have been shaped, I feel, by, by them. Me too. And, I, um, I actually yeah. think we need to rephrase that to okay. just be like comedian moms. Like, sure, oh, okay. Or, yeah, because yeah, like. <laughs> Yeah, there's so many who don't do stand-up, but they're comedians and, like, sketch or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so them as well. Um, And then other ones who I kind of forgot were moms, but, but like, Chelsea Peretti, Natasha Leggero, um, Mm -hmm. Tig Notaro is a mom. And, um, yeah, those are, like, some of my favorite comedians. And um, I don't know their kids' names or even how many (laughs) they have, but... (laughs) They they had a child at some point. Yeah, they had... (laughs) <laughs> on their own or adoption or they yeah. raised a, a little person. Yeah. Tig yeah. Notaro has twins, which that seems oh, wow. like an extraordinary feat. Um, I, I wonder if this is sort of a girl growing up in the 90s, especially like a girl thing, but like myself included, but all of my friends, we always wanted to be twins. We always yes. wanted a twin sister. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I, when I asked my guy friends, like none of them ever cared about that or like wanted like, oh, I wish I had a twin brother. It was always girls love twins. The I, idea of them. Maybe it was I used, the Olsen twins that inspired this. Maybe. I used to like daydream and like picture how my room would be laid out yeah. and like our closets and how we'd dress the same and like. Yeah, totally. It was, yeah. And like twins are the best. Like. Yeah. I used to babysit twins, and it was, like, crazy how in sync. They were, like, babies, and how in sync they were. I I felt like I was watching the Discovery Channel. And I I also just just think, too, like, if Layla would have been a twin, like, people would be like, oh, it would be so much harder. I'm like, but you have no idea what the hard's going to be anyways. (laughs) So, like, it all is hard. It's all hard. So, it's just, like, that just be, you just adapt. You get used to it, yeah. Normal, yeah, so. it becomes your life, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I way to go, mine, Layla. Yeah, I she didn't just, split. <laughs> yeah, that's a good. That's a. Um, a friend of mine just had twins, and she already has um um another child as well. But she says that she struggles with other moms comparing having. She says it's a very different experience to have twins under two versus having two kids under two. She says it's not the same. Like, even wow. if you have two multiple babies who are under the age of two, yes. it's not the same as having two, uh, like, a set of twins, yeah. um, which is very interesting to me. That is I, interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I imagine that a lot of it has to do with, like, being in sync and, like, you know, when one cries, the other cries or, yeah. you know, their habits kind of form uh, in conjunction with one another. So My neighbor yeah. across the street has triplets. Oh, my God. I don't know. Oh, and I used to watch her when we first moved here. My kids were a little bit older. Yeah. And these guys were like three years old. And I used to watch her and she was always smiling. And I would always wow. say to my husband, that woman's medicated. Totally. <laughs> How, of course. But she just, she just loves children. Like she's just so in love with them. Like she's a, such a good mom. I'm like, I am not like that. <laughs> no. Mine were, sp- I have three and they were all spaced out. And I was never smiling like that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, that's amazing. That's yeah. crazy. So good for her. And she just had another baby this year. Holy. Another girl. Oh, my God. I are know. The, the triplets are all girls? Yes. Okay. Is, yeah, is this so. your friend who uh, came to your, your show? Yes. She was super knocked up? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, grew, I grew up with, uh, on our street, we had, there was a set of uh, quadruplets. Oh, my God. And then, yeah, and then, and three of them were girls and one of them was a boy and then they had i think and then they had two other kids other uh two other boys so it was a big oh family my God. yeah <laughs> like, i don't know how they do I've, it but 
I just got like an instant headache. I know. I know. <laughs> like, totally. Oh, that hurts. That hurts. Do you guys remember the show Just the Ten of Us? Yes. Oh. And was, like, I, it's old. Like yeah. 70s, right? Okay. Just 80s. the just what do you mean? Just the ten of us. Just just ten. We're so alone. So <laughs> intimate. Just like just a cozy ten. <laughs> mom's mom's trying to jump off the roof yeah (laughs) oh my god just the 10 of us what an anxiety attack i'm gonna have to look it up and see if i can find the trailer for that show and send it after this is it a comedy yeah it was like a tgif type show Oh, okay okay cool yeah it was lovey-dovey there was like lessons in it wow I don't know if it was like a TGIS, like a Sunday show or like a okay. if it ever was in TGIF, but it was that kind of situational comedy, family values type. Yeah, right. Feel okay, good. interesting. Cool. <laughs> so um, can you think of the funniest thing that a mom in your life has done? Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm going to refer back to my own mom again, I think, because I have a couple of examples of um, it's more just like a series of things she says or does that my brother and I have just um, observed over the years as as traits that are unique to her and less about like whole stories or whole spectacles that she's done. It's very, very, it's the minutia of my mom is what makes her (laughs) so funny. And um, so she... Um, as I said, like she kind of has no filter and she'll just kind of like say things as they pop into her head. Um, for example, like one time we were driving and we almost hit a deer, but we didn't hit it, but it, it like jolted across, it bolted across the street, like really, really fast. And my mom was just like fascinated by this. And she was just like recoiled and was startled. And she was like, did you see that deer dart across the road? I can't even open my mouth that fast. And we're like, <laughs> pardon? <laughs> can't even open my mouth that fast. Um, and it's just things like that that she says that are just like so, just like gems. And um, she, uh, she also, one thing that we're very, very different people. And I think that has been um, a source of comedy in my life in another in an inadvertent way where... Like, for instance, like she, so I'm of mixed descent. So my dad is South African, um, not white. He's mixed himself. Um, my, mo- my mom is German and she's very, very white and blonde and <laughs> platinum blonde. And she, and, and I'm, uh, I'm brunette. And I never realized that being, ra- like be- having really dark hair, being raised by a blonde woman would have its own weird idiosyncrasies. <laughs> because I remember when I was growing up and I was a, like, a preteen coming into like my my approaching my womanhood and I needed advice on like hygiene and and certain things Mm -hmm. she her her experience of puberty and the things you do to groom yourself as a blonde person with blonde hair all over her body is very different from a girl with really dark coarse hair and I remember she told me that uh, when you shave your legs, you only shave up to the knee. And they I know told, they all told I us know, that. I know. Yeah, they did. And I know a lot of people do still swear by this, but those people don't look like they're wearing shorts if they <laughs> don't shave and, 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 and only shave to the kneecap and leave the hair above the knee. 
I have totally dark, coarse hair that comes in. Like, there's no way I couldn't, that I could get away with doing that. But I did that for a, a long time because I just assumed my mom knows what she's talking about. And so that's how I should shave my legs. But I, it never occurred to me until years later. I'm like, oh, it's because her hair is blonde and fine. And she just assumed, like, I don't know, I guess just didn't think about it. That that's just how it is across the board, you know? So- so my mom, she has very, very dark hair, but she okay. has no arm hair, okay. no, like, bikini line that goes down to her knees. She, yeah. She, she shaves her legs, like, once a year. Like, oh, she God. has no... What? Bo- yeah, like, she barely has any... Like, she barely has any eyebrow. Like, she has... She's finished. So, like, okay. but she has dark, 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 dark hair. Yeah. And then I come out and I'm blonde. And, like, well, I'm not blonde. I, I pay for blonde now, but I was blonde for a long time. Okay. And then... For me, when puberty came in, like, I got my dad's Scottish jeans. Like, okay. Scottish women need to shave. Like, <laughs> sure. And my mom gave me the same advice, like, up to your knees. Like, she didn't, mm-hmm. she doesn't even comprehend the fact that, like, you know, like, I want to get, like, my bird lasered. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my I, I remember having this conversation a few years ago where I was like, do you remember telling me not to shave above my knees? And I and I told her, I was like, that didn't work for me at all. I, I, I ended up having to do it because I just was not going. And she was, you know, she was kind of perplexed by this. She just didn't understand. Yeah. I mean, she understands conceptually what hair is and how it grows. But, like, I think she just assumed that my hair would be like hers. The same. And be the same. Yeah. So uh, there's that, 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 you know, stuff like that is really funny. She also... Um, I don't know if your moms ever did this when you were growing up, but my mom, um, oh, how do I even describe this? When she wanted our our attention, um, she would try and talk to, like if we were in, first of all, yelling, not yelling out of anger or aggression, but yelling from different rooms in the house was very popular, (laughs) very popular. Like upstairs, you're yelling downstairs. If the phone is for you, you're yelling across the room or whatever. So there was a lot of yelling like that. And then when my mom was in the kitchen, she would be trying to talk to us or like have a conversation, but she would be like banging pots and pans, like cleaning, <laughs> cleaning pots and pans and trying to talk over them. And then she would, and I'm like, mom, I can't understand what you're saying because you're banging the pots and pans. And then, she, and then, so I was like, stop what you're doing and ask me the question. And she would ask me a question. And as soon as I would start to answer, she'd run the faucet. Now the faucet's on and water is running and pots and pans are like banging back and forth. And I was like, I can't handle this. This is too, too much. Because they're um, so used to like multitasking, right? Yeah, like, so I gotta get everything some, done. Yeah, exactly. Having everything going. And so you're supposed to have a conversation. It would just drive me so crazy. I'm like, I cannot talk over this cacophony of uh, kitchenware that's going on. Cacophony. Um, yeah. And the one one also, um, I'll tack this on, uh, the one mom memory that stands out in our family too is that my mom cannot lie because she's very bad at it and anything that she feels is very evident on her face. And I've also inherited this as well. I'm a bad liar and if I feel a certain way, I cannot you know oppose it by in my words because it will just show on my face (laughs) and um and so my brother and I uh one year for Christmas we bought her a um a juicer for Christmas (laughs) like we thought we we do you remember the store the as seen on tv store yes yeah in the mall (laughs) yeah we love that store and we just thought everything in there was so brilliant like we were just like (laughs) oh my god like how does not everyone not have this you know um and uh 
and so we bought her a juicer thinking like this is gonna change her life like this is gonna change <laughs> her her morning routine is gonna be significantly enhanced by this juicer and i don't know why we th- she doesn't drink juice we never there's no reason for us to have assumed that she would ever need a juicer like she doesn't make her own juices she didn't even really drink smoothies but we figured the reason for this is because she obviously doesn't have the juicer <laughs> so if you have the juicer you're gonna make juice and, <laughs> and when she was unwrapping the christmas present she just like looked at it and was so confused and she was like what is this? Like, why, why would you get me this? And we, were, <laughs> and we were like, and we were so like, we just like Aww. shared this. We were like, we were like, what? You're like, this is not the best thing you've ever seen in your life. And I don't think she was like trying to hurt our feelings or anything. She was just actually legitimately confused about why we would get her a juicer. And so ever since then, Anytime she's displeased with every anything, we call we call her face the juicer face. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so we know if she doesn't like something, we're like, uh oh, here comes juicer face. She's uh, she's not loving it. I love it. She was like hoping for a margarita mixer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably, probably. And, and, and you were expecting the reaction from the woman from So I Married an Axe Murder. Axe murder. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a juicer. I yeah. juice everything now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We thought yeah. this was just going to absolutely change the game for her. Like, 100%. Yeah. No. <laughs> I juice everything now. Okay. Um, Top five moms that you haven't mentioned. Oh they can God. be real, historical, fictional, uh, a character on TV. Okay. Um... Okay, so not really knowing a whole lot about her personal life other than from afar, but I feel like Michelle Obama is a good mom. Mm-hmm. And um, I, she's just like a really um, strong, principled person. And I think I just love her personality. And I, I hope that like whatever she does in her life in the upcoming years, like I hope she has more of a public platform continuing, you know, mm-hmm. because she's just so cool. And I just, she just seems like she'd be such a cool mom. And she's just like one of my favorite people to just like watch and read about and read her words and stuff like that. So definitely her. Um, Beyonce, our Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that she's, she's one of my favorite people too. Just, um, I don't know if you ever watched that like mini documentary she made like a few years back. Lemonade? Um, it was it was before Lemonade. Uh-huh. It was yes, before I remember Lemonade. that. Yeah, Lemonade was also amazing, but it was like this uh, short documentary series um, with like a glimpse of her life with Jay Z and stuff, and with her kids. Um, or she, I think she just had Blue Ivy at yeah. the time. But um, she had been so elusive before then. She was such a she had such mystique around her, and mm-hmm. you never really knew anything about Beyonce's life. And then I got to watch that, and I was like, oh, she seems like a really cool mom. Mm-hmm. I had lunch um, with her once. You did not. What? Well, we were like two tables away from her. Oh my god! And like, what happened was, is like there was this man carrying a baby, and I looked at the baby. I'm like, man, that baby looks like Jay Z. And then Jay Z <laughs> came in, and then what? Beyonce came in. Oh my and god! Like, yeah, oh my and we were god. in Toronto in Yorkville, and like they came in, and they were like two tables away, and then. W- Oh we sta- ended up staying for lunch for like two and a half hours, like completely drunk instead of working. And yeah. then as we left, my friend like stopped and like introduced herself to Beyonce because Beyonce was like walking through the tables with Blue <gasps> Ivy. And oh I was so shocked. I turned around and my huge purse knocked over the like balsamic oh. and oil on the table, <laughs> oh causing a huge scene. And like Lori was like, 
excuse me, Miss Knowles, I'm such a fan, blah, 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 where I'm, like, causing this huge scene, and I'm like, hi! <laughs> like, and she just, like, hey laughed at me, but in, a, like, a nice way. Like, yeah. in a, oh. Like, she oh made me feel God. good, and she is even more beautiful in real life. Wow. That's like, amazing. Yeah, so we're best friends now. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Where was this? Was this in Windsor? No, Toronto. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah, wow. Yorkville. It was, yeah, um, York, Yorkville is like celeb spotting town. It was so cool. My area, yeah. Like, and then like, nobody liked me at my work. And for that day, <laughs> for that day, I was the most Stop popular girl in the office. Stop. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, you got a one up, but you, you mm. got a little leverage. Yeah. I was like that kid that got a pool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for a day. You need, yeah, for sure. <laughs> You're the girl who met who met Beyonce and knocked mm-hmm. over the balsamic vinegar. <laughs> That's great. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Gotta I gotta throw in a shout out to Amy Poehler and Mean Girls. Um, she's yeah. a good. I actually, and I'm not really being ironic. I I really respect a mom who really tries hard to fit in with her <laughs> teenage daughters. <laughs> I really think that, like, I mean, she wasn't the best. I mean, didn't she offer them booze? I don't know, but like, she, <laughs> she did. She, she did. did. Like, who didn't though? You know, I don't know. Um, but she seemed. I don't know. She was like so stylish and fashionable, and I just love. Cool, I love the idea of the cool mom who's just like trying to be trendy and stuff, and like. Uh, I love the dance moves in the aisle yeah, during the, the Christmas moves. song. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, and she's like <laughs> mouthing the words of the song. Yeah, I like her. Um, oh yeah, also the Flintstone moms, Betty and Wilma. Yeah, yep. love them. Yeah, they seemed like for such a primitive time, they seemed really regal and elegant for <laughs> <laughs> for the dinosaur days. They had pearls or whatever. They had, they were always dressed yep. up. And um, how they set their hair, just like yeah, <laughs> with bones. Yeah, exactly with bones. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, also, um, I read. A, I read. I think I feel like I read um, an article recently about how this next character is one of the most underrated. But Meredith Palmer from The Office. Yes. Um, she. <laughs> she. She seems like she would be a like judging by like the things that like the storyline she has she seems like she's maybe a bad mom but i don't think she is i think that (laughs) she uh works really hard and cares a lot about her her kid i forget if she has more than one kid but she's the boy she's jakey and she's very supportive of his stripping career yes i was gonna say that like she's like okay just practice on me like i'll pretend oh god (laughs) yeah yeah that was so weird that was you know what's incredible about that that was the same actor as when he was a kid that's amazing um yeah that was a little upsetting but uh but still (laughs) overall very sweet and i think that she's such a funny character and she seemed like a really good working like a really hard working you know average type of mom who just like really wants to support her kids despite her questionable uh habits and lifestyle choices (laughs) but and and she would do anything to keep the company afloat so she was like uh you know she got them a 25 percent discount by having sex with that vendor like she she was just selfless yes and she goes out for a beer with pam when she's having the the lice day where pam gets lice and she's like hey listen it's like it sucks it's hard being a mom like i'm here for you kind of thing she just seems like a really good 
good friend uh, yep. who's yeah just nothing too spectacular about her but she's just like getting through it she's getting through it and doing the best that she can and i admire that yeah like <laughs> i mean like her hair gets set on fire and she just like rolls with it like she's, she rolls like, with the punches yeah she's yeah great. i agree absolutely <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> I think that's all the moms I can think of, honestly. That was a wonderful list. That was good. That was a wonderful list. (laughs) Good. Glad. (laughs) So uh, where can can our uh, listeners find you? Yeah, um, my socials are mainly, I'm mostly on Instagram at Courtney J. Gilmore. Um, I do have a website. It's uh, very infrequently updated during this chaotic time, but it is CourtneyGilmore.com if they want to check it out. Um, And I do have a podcast. Um, It's called Rated X, and it's a (laughs) podcast that I started. This is where I'm at in the the pandemic, is that I started a podcast with my ex-boyfriend. And um, (laughs) I love love the title. uh, Yeah. Uh, rated X and so it's a podcast where two real life ex-partners uh, rate and review fictional relationships um, from nice. TV yeah thanks it's a lot of fun so every week we do a different couple from like TV or movie we've done like friend, you know, Ross and Rachel um, Jim and Pam and uh, this week is Edward and Bella from Twilight so it's yeah. been a really fun time <laughs> and we just sort of like analyze them based on our own relationship lessons that we've learned over the years so, that's amazing yeah. Yeah. and is he a comedian as well he is yeah so his name yeah. is dan curtis thompson he's also a comedian and uh yeah that that podcast is like spotify apple podcast and also at rated x pod on instagram that's amazing mm-hmm. that's so Wait, fun who, like out of those three couples yeah which one mm. scored the highest out of those three um yeah. I think Jim and Pam. Yeah. Ross and Rachel, we're going to do several series on them beca- at different stages mm-hmm. of their relationship because it's so long. And so the one that yep. we we were analyzing them was like a pretty bad. It was like the art. We tried to. It was our very first episode. We we did our best to definitively answer the age old question. Were they on a break? Uh, <laughs> and that was really hard and divisive. But uh, that whole stage of the relationship was a little bit rocky. So they, mm-hmm. they scored a bit lower. Edward and Bella. Oh, that's a that's a rough one that's not yeah. a great that's not a great healthy <laughs> healthy relationship for many reasons but jim and pam are pretty solid they're a pretty yeah. solid couple yeah 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 <laughs> so thank you so oh, much thank for you coming so much. on of our course. show absolutely thank you so much everyone this is courtney gilmore thank you so much for having me <laughs> this was a blast thank you thank you so much <laughs> goodbye bye we want to thank laura bella for our logo design C&D Productions for audio editing, as well as each other and you, the listeners. We'd love it if you could give us a review wherever you're listening. You can find us on socials at Moms Are Not Funny. Thanks again. Have a great day.